Ebro in the morning. Laura Styles, she's on assignment. Oh, she is, yeah. She's on assignment. It's called, Big assignment. It's called uh, Falling Deeper in Love. And for the holidays, oh, that's yeah. the assignment. Huh? Having a successful relationship for Laura Styles, it's a big assignment. Well, but she's doing well with the assignment, doing though. Great. She's crushing it. Rosenberg's here. Uh, WWE's own Rosenberg and WWE's own Daniel Bryan. That's right. Yes! 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 And the reason yes! I pause there is because I'm yes! told I, I, I wouldn't call yes! myself a, a wrestling expert by any far stretch. No! Thank you. Uh, but I was told that uh, there's some controversy between yourself and WWE brewing. Am I saying well, this no, no, right? No, you're not saying that right. What I said was Daniel Bryan, who is the uh, commissioner. I'm the general manager. The general manager. I'm the general manager. Not the commissioner. Sorry. Yeah, That's very McMahon. confusing. Yeah. He's the general manager of SmackDown Live, which tonight is at the Prudential Center. Got it. Okay, so, so it's love then. There's, oh, but he's a full-time employee. So tonight, the Prudential Center, SmackDown Live, you'll see Daniel Bryan there, but not as a wrestler. And that's problematic. Well, that's not problematic. What I was telling Ebro was that you have stated on multiple occasions that you want to wrestle again. Yes. And WWE has said, we don't know that we're comfortable with that. Uh, they have outright said, no, you're not wrestling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So where is that? Where are we in that conversation? Uh, we're still at the no, you're not wrestling again <laughs> uh, part of that conversation. But I have presented them with my case, which is a lot of testing and all that kind of stuff that shows like, hey, I'm fine. And so uh, it, it's it's interesting. It's an interesting situation. But that has also caused a little rift between me and the commissioner, Shane McMahon, who is Vince McMahon's son. Uh, of course. Because there's, like, I don't know, there's all this stuff going on. He, we work together really well. It seems but like we that. also have some, some beef. Yes. Yeah, so, like, well, I, well that, those are the best relationships. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it? It's kind of like, it's, it's people who are like husband and wife, but great parents. We may not get along as husband and wife, but we're awesome parents. We come together. We come together when we need to come together. Wouldn't you guys, it, wouldn't it be better if you were also a great husband no, and but, wife? But that's to see you're living in utopia somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> that's not how things always work out. Uh huh. So you got to kind of take play the cards that are being dealt. Yeah. Or nah. I mean, that's why people get well, divorced. Well, <laughs> this this Sunday at Clash of Champions, things I mean got a little. A little weird, nearly physical with Got you a and little Shane. hairy. Yeah, there's a chance I could be fired tonight, which is like a like, that's a real thing. And do we know what you're doing tonight? Are you like, are you guys like having a conversation tonight? I don't know. We don't know what. Yeah. So Shane McMahon is very upset with me. He is higher ranking than I am. Yeah, well, of course. Well, yeah, McMahon. McMahon. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. You say that where it's like, okay, but that you say that. Of course, he's a McMahon. But shouldn't it be merit based? I'm all for a meritocracy where it's like, wait <laughs> Look, a second. I love the WWE and, and everything, and I love everything they've done for our program and my friend here, Rosenberg. I don't know if it quite works. Like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, the world doesn't work like <laughs> yeah, that, and I wish it. Did, no, but like no, that's that's no. that's my real utopia. All right, so let me ask you, okay, just because I don't know, and I want to make sure the audience maybe they follow it and don't know the details. Why does the WWE say that you cannot wrestle? What are the specifics? Oh, so I've had too many concussions. Now this is now Daniel. Mm -hmm. uh, hopefully this is in a sensitive area, mm -hmm. but that's a very sensitive topic. Oh yeah, around, and, be, and especially with parents, right? Yes. For multiple sports, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's baseball players getting hit with fast pitches and too many concussions, with football, obviously, mm -hmm. lacrosse, wrestling. These are all pr stuff that are parent family friendly. Yes. So these things are taken seriously because your health, 10, 20 years from now, right? It's yeah. something that people need to be concerned about. I'm sure the people who love you and your family are concerned about. So yeah, but I also think that there's a lot of miseducation around concussions too. And that's one of the things that uh, I've actually been working with people at a concussion institute in Phoenix where I live. And uh, he's talked to me about going and talking to kids. And one of the big things is, is for example, if you're a high school football player, right? Mm -hmm. And you get a concussion and you're like, oh no, I'm in line for like a scholarship. If I tell somebody, they might take me out of the game next week, True. or they might do this, or they might do that. Uh, concussions are not a, a death sentence. It's not anything like that. And they don't know exactly how concussions work as far as within like other stuff, as far as drugs and steroids and all that, and even the foods you eat and everything like that. But what I'm saying is, so okay, if you get a concussion and you report the concussion and you wait out, like you, you tell, this is the important thing for kids to know. Like if you're playing football and you get a concussion, you need to tell your coaches and you need to not play football until your brain is healed from your concussion. That's right. And then you have a very good chance of still being, if still playing at a high level, and that concussion probably won't affect you for the rest of your life. Now, we also know that concussion research is at this middling stage it's right now. It's very new. Yeah, it's like, so we're at this idea where it's like, 
uh, concussions are really, really bad for you, which they've known for a long time. Right, but Daniel, and uh-huh. I don't know if I'm even supposed to be going this deep, but WWE has had people in the past that because of what was going on with their brain and concussions, right, have had a terrible closures to their lives. So that so is... so as a not not just even as a precaution, but like they've given you a job outside of wrestling. Like, yo, man, mm-hmm. we love you, bro. We yeah. love what you represent for our brand, and love we... and, and also and also love how popular it is. I mean, to be honest, Daniel gets some of the best reactions in the building right now, no, people, okay, and he's not wearing love tights. You. Mm-hmm. We want you to be a part of this for an extended period of time, jeopardizing your health. It's not good for business, and it's not good for somebody that we care about. Right. Yes, but that so that is. You've made a lot of assumptions there that aren't true. They, right? they don't love you? No, no, no. People well, don't love I'm you? talking no, about, about the impact of concussions. Yeah, about the impact of concussions true, that, but are, that you, aren't but certain. we both agree that we don't know. Right, yes. But, okay, so I have worked with some of the best people in the country. I've been cleared by specialists at UCLA that I did not choose, okay. right? WWE sent them to me because they're the best. A whole team of people who work with concussions okay. on a daily basis. And they said to me, you are fine to wrestle. And we all, we're also at the stage where all my brain EEGs, my MRIs, my neuropsychological tests, all this Let stuff. Let me ask you this. Uh-huh. A quick question. Okay. You still have a job, yes? Yes. You're still involved in wrestling, yes? Yes. Why must you wrestle? Okay, so here's the thing. So I love wrestling, but I don't love all of it. Right. Okay. The hard part of wrestling is the travel okay. and going here and there and being away from your family. The part that I love is being in the ring and wrestling. The action. The the yeah, being the in actual there, art. Being really? in there and doing it. So now I've got the job where it's the part of wrestling that I don't <laughs> like. Oh, <laughs> and so 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 th- so this is the thing. I'm okay. Okay, if you can't wrestle, that's okay. Let me stay at home and garden. Right, <laughs> like that's that's part. And of you got into that for a while. I got into that for for a while. And you do. I, I must say, when I walked in, I didn't expect you to look so gardener esque. <laughs> so, and I look less gardener esque than I usually do because Bree has got me wearing this sports coat, and I'm just like, and the button up shirt that's not a flannel, and I'm like, I'm totally not myself right now. By so, the way, Daniel's from you Seattle. Do look by like the way, more, I, yo, you're from the Northwest. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, no, you definitely don't look Northwestian. Yeah. So you look very. So I am very appreciative of WWE giving me this giving me this something to do. But I think some people think like, oh, you're in wrestling still, and you're getting a paycheck. Paycheck, you should be happy. Can I ask you another question? Yes, you can. Are you addicted to the action? Is no. It an, is, 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 and I, I, play, I like being physical, too. Yeah. Not capable of doing it any longer on my knees, I, but I'm, I like being physical. That's what mm-hmm. I like. So things that push me physically, snowboarding, cycling, things that I can do, I need it, I need it, I need it, right? Mm-hmm. On, a, on a weekly basis, I need it. Um, and I know there's people like that. Is that is this part of it where you need you're addicted to the adrenaline? You're addicted to it. No, I'm addicted to it mentally, and this is the part that people don't understand about wrestling. Like, so I go and I do jujitsu, and I still do kickboxing, oh, and I do all that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, I do that stuff on a regular basis, and I'm great, right? Uh, so physically, I'm fine. I'm addicted to it mentally. This is uh, it's almost a borderline obsession that I've had since I was a kid, right? And there's something about... I'd go past borderline, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. You took it. You made it your whole life. Yes. Yeah. And uh, and so it's something that I have, like, I think about it all the time. Like, when I'm out there gardening, and I love to garden, right? But I'm thinking of different things that you could do wrestling still, and I haven't wrestled since 2015. And it's just this weird thing, like, okay... I'm sure Tom Brady has had a number of concussions, right? Yes. What? And he's won multiple Super Bowls. Yes. His he's one of the wealthiest players in the NFL. Not only that, his wife makes more money than he does. Why does he still do it? He loves it because he has this weird obsession with well, football. It's kinda, you know, he well, never stops thinking about what, how to win and yeah. how to do it and what he can do that's do better than everyone else. I do the same thing with sex, but it's wow. unhealthy. And, and here's here's the point: I think okay. about sex all the time. Uh huh. Different women, things I can do, ways to go get. Like, I love sex. Like, I'm sure a lot of men do. But guess what having too many partners and jumping around doing sex is? Bad for your health. It's also bad for your family. Okay, that is a really bad analogy. I gotta tell you, it was a that's, horrible, a, that's a horrible analogy. Love that. But you see where I'm going. But you see where I'm going. I do. It's bad for your health. Sometimes is, you have to not do things that are bad for your health. <laughs> and I'm not saying this. And bad for your family. I'm not saying this in a negative way. 
That's a very that's very Donald Trump speak. <laughs> that's like taking something that doesn't. Hey, this is not related to this, <laughs> but, but well, I'm gonna say it just yeah, to say it yes. to prove my point. Yes. she's been proven to be a liar. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna have more of this conversation on my podcast, and you can also uh, watch it on Hot 97's YouTube channel. But to, as for tonight, yeah, go check out Daniel Bryan. He will not be dealing with this issue, but he will be dealing with the problems with Shane McMahon at the Prudential Which Center. Which seems to be a similar issue though well, I mean it's woven in there they're all tied together it's all tied together tickets are available at the Prudential uh, Center box office or Ticketmaster now so I want you brought up your wife mm-hmm. where does she where does Brie weigh in on this conversation so Brie and you would think this would be the opposite she's fully supportive of me wrestling again and one of the reasons why is because she has been in these doctors' meetings with the doctors who have cleared me. And so, like, I worked with Barrows Neurological in Phoenix, and uh, he he was the first doctor to clear me to wrestle when I because I've also had post concussion seizures, and so mm. and I had hidden that. One of the th- and and WWE is not wrong in this. This is one of the things that that one of the things that is bad about what I have done myself is that I hid things from the doctors. So if your doctors can't trust you, this is another thing about like college people, or high school kids and college kids and all that kind of stuff, if they get concussions, if you start hiding things from your doctors because you're afraid of what will happen to you, that is not good for you in the long run. Of course. And that breeds this situation of distrust. Right between you and the doctors. When did you, you lie were, about the seizures? Uh, so I mean, I didn't tell WWE until after my last concussion, which was in 2015, and I hadn't had a seizure since 2012. But I never told them that I had ever had a seizure. And, and what I, do the seizures look like? What what happens? I mean, I don't know what they look like. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do they uh, feel like? So uh, it's it's weird because that's a really it's a really hard thing to talk about because you I can't explain it. Brie was there for one of them. And um, she, it was when we first started dating. So like we had just started dating and we were in a hotel room and I had gotten a concussion that night. And I, then I, we were in bed and I started having a seizure and Brie was there for that and wow. saw it. And then like, but you also have to understand we're in this really weird situation where it's like, uh, we'd only been dating for like two months and she, she wasn't even like my girlfriend yet. We were just kind of seeing each other. And I begged her, I said, please don't, don't tell anybody about this. She didn't tell anybody. She, her her sister, so she has a twin sister. She didn't even tell her twin sister that like, hey, Brian has this thing. And I haven't, and so that happened. But then she said at one point, she said, if you have another concussion, I, because we're trying to have a family, I need you to tell the doctors about this. And so uh, that was the point where it was like, okay, my, my last concussion was April 2015. And uh, they sent me to a specialist after that and uh, just to check up on everything. And I, I had told him and then um, and then, yeah, so that's so this is I find, what I love about the situation is that I, th- I find it very interesting because you have Daniel Bryan, who from a social political standpoint as a human being, is on would be the guy who, as progressive as you are, would definitely be in favor of like let's take a look at all these things. You know, football. I'm sure. You, I'm sure you want football to be a safer game in a lot of ways and protect mm-hmm. people and things of that nature. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. from a socio political standpoint, you should not be the guy who's on sort of the other side of the concussion issue. But you are. But you're. But you're just on the other side of it in that you think it's been mislabeled and you should still be able to perform. Yes, so here's here's my thing because there are so many variables about this stuff that people don't know, right? So they just did that study, right? With like, they tested 111 or 112 NFL players' brains who had passed away and uh, and all of them but one had CTE. That was what was in all the papers, right? They had CTE. But what they really had was a tau protein in your brain that is associated with CTE. Now, how many of those, how many of those players actually had like issues with cognitive function and all this other different types of stuff? Another thing that they has not made the papers or anything like that is that they uh, injected a bunch of rats with testosterone, right? And then when they checked their brains, which is essentially steroids, when they uh, and when they checked their brains, they had this same tau protein, right? And so, okay, is it, and we know with Mike Webster, 
who was the first guy who was diagnosed with CTE, mm-hmm. did massive amounts of steroids. And how many of these players throughout, and it's only been recently that the steroid testing has gotten really, really strict with that sort of thing. But another thing that they don't, that they don't even know about is like, for example, eating tons of protein, which a lot of athletes do, can negatively affect like the, n- the number of tau proteins in your brain. And you have to understand, I'm not a scientist. I'm just reading other people's studies, but I stay, I stay up on this stuff because it's important to me. Now, as somebody who's a vegetarian and who's very cautious of my health and all this kind of stuff, so I do all these things. And I'm working with the Joe Namath Institute right now of doing stuff that's like, okay, these things are not yet approved, but they're working with the FDA about doing this kind of testing and all that kind of stuff. We're doing this... Um, uh, nuclear spect scans for my brain. And Dr. Maroon is the overall doctor of WWE, right? And when I talked to him about it, he didn't even know they were doing nuclear spect scans on your brain. So like I'm working with the Joe Namath Institute, doing that sort of thing, doing hyperbaric oxygen therapy, doing all these different things to not only protect my brain, but to just see like, hey, I'm also somebody, and I, and I want you to know this, that I am somebody that if they find something wrong with my brain, I don't wanna wrestle. Because I'm, I'm okay with not wrestling. The hard part for me is that when all these specialists have told me that mm. I am cleared to wrestle and then I'm not able to wrestle, that's the hard part, right? Because it's still this passion. And it was, it was interesting because when I retired, I, I had made my peace with it, right? I was, I was at home. I was like, okay, I'm going to move my life in a different direction and that's okay. But then all of a sudden you're around this thing that you love so much that you have this weird borderline obsession with this addiction to and, you know, all that kind of stuff mentally. And then all of a sudden you just you just crave doing it again. And I was really for a while, I was really like, okay, it's going to be okay. I'm not going to like, okay, whatever. But then it gets to the point where it's like, wait a second, I, I can I not only can I do this, but like I feel like. I, I almost felt like it's a disservice to to me and a disservice to other people who are going to be in my situation to be like, hey, wait a second. Okay, because if you have this, even though there's nobody can see anything wrong with you and all these scans, there's nothing wrong with you. you. You are no longer able to do what you love to do, right? But on the flip side of that, we're in this weird point with concussion testing where right now, right now we don't know exactly what's going on in like five to ten years they may be able to diagnose cte in living people right and that is not only going to change uh like wrestling it's going to change like the nfl can you imagine if you can diagnose cte in living people and all of a sudden at 26 people who have just come out of college and whatever and everybody has to get tested for it and what you've got cte you've got to retire you've got cte you've got to retire and what they're really testing for is a tau protein in their brain and like that might not actually that be might not actually be it and it's gonna i mean it could change the landscape of all contexts. or maybe sports. by then they'll have a test that actually is a test yes, of cte yeah and, not. and so and but they also it's su- the brain is such a complex issue and that's what i guess if there was if there was anything if you're listening to me right now and you're like whoa this guy's like too much like really pushing for it uh type stuff and th- there is there is something to say about that like hey okay this is something i really want to do so my argument is skewed You're right <laughs> yeah. you know oh, yeah. so like so yeah but uh the the thing is is that like okay well isn't it just better to err on the side of caution right but if we said that about everything for example drinking right how good is drinking for your health awful awful and nobody is going down to bars with people who say if they have one one or two drinks a day or a, a, a couple drinks uh, a couple times a week. Nobody, I love it. You don't drink at all, so he literally has no idea like what the amount is that's yeah, normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't know five drinks a day. Whatever yeah, yeah. people do. I've, yeah, I've never, I've never drank in my life. <laughs> right, so right, I don't so. know. I don't understand this concept. But if people were to come up to somebody because it's a normal part of our culture and say like, "Hey, that's not bad for you. Shouldn't you be thinking about your long term health when you're seventy? How is that going to affect you?" And it's like you'd be like, "You're crazy," you know. Uh, but in some circles, that happens. In some circles, that does happen. In some circles, that happens, and there are some people who drinking affects them, you know, adversely more than others, and they have family members that are like, yo, my man, 
you need to step away from that and you need to stop doing that or right. you know whatever but what i'm saying is nobody that's if when people have like deep issues and I, and like i understand that because i have alcoholism in my family and so like i understand that sort of thing but like the the regular thing of doing it and telling people that you shouldn't do something because right. you you need to protect yourself when you're 70 even though we don't know we don't see any indication that it's a problem right yeah, now yeah yeah well i will say and you have friends in rosenberg and i have friends who like you know, um, have stopped, you know, let, letting their children watch football. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, because, it's going to be a big issue with football. Yeah, because, because it's like, yo, A, we don't have enough information. B, why don't we have enough information? Mm -hmm. C, why are we just learning this now? And you guys have known that people have been suffering because of and physical I, damage. And would I let my kids play this game? And right. if I wouldn't, should I be supporting it? It's going to be a big issue with the NFL going forward as far as popularity because one of the reasons why the NFL is so popular is because so many people played football in high school, mm -hmm. right? So you have this association with football. And so when kids stop playing football, and they start doing more things like basketball. Basketball is a great sport. It's a fast sport. Continues like, to grow. Yeah, it continues. Soccer. It continues to grow. But soccer, there's a lot of impact in soccer too. I know. Yeah, and soccer so, has more concussions. Yeah. yeah, and so so it's interesting to see like okay, what sports are going to grow? The more parents become concerned because there's more awareness and all that kind of thing. So I am not. So just so just so you know, I'm not somebody who's like concussions aren't as bad as they say. I'm not that person. I'm more of a concussion awareness person where it's like hey okay here here's what we actually know i just want i just want it to be because the media is what it is right there it's sensationalism right concussions uh really grab people's attention in the sporting world well that's why so i they, used the vagina and sex uh metaphor before because i yeah. knew that it would grab <laughs> right yeah 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 which another thing is a very trump thing to do it's gonna grab attention yes. you know? or grab vaginas anyways yeah. um now uh now real quick it also must be interesting for you a because your window is always closing as a mm -hmm. as a wrestler. You yes. know, the, the time that you can be as good as you are right now, because right now you would. What are you? Thirty eight. Thirty six. Thirty six. So you are in your prime. This mm -hmm. would be the prime. You know, heading towards the final stages of your prime, mm -hmm. and you're not able to do it. So I would imagine that's frustrating. And you must picture like, you must be like, oh my god, the irony that I'm not allowed to perform. If you were to go back in history and look at the people who have been worse off and performing, if you look at some of the people who perform now, that and could also so like, and so, and this is this is one of my things too. And um, and and so I also so I need to say this because otherwise it comes off as very like oh, WWE because that's not the case. WWE is trying to protect me, right? And they're also trying to protect their company, you know? But uh, but I don't know how many people on the roster, just in total, if you did, if you had them do all the brain testing that I've done, that their tests... Would be as clear as yours. Would be as good as mine. And because there's a lot of things too, and, and people don't want to get into this, and it, I'm skewed again because I'm vegetarian, but you look at some of the research that's coming out on on animal proteins and all that kind of stuff and how that negatively affects all these different parts of your body and, and I'm not saying everybody needs to be vegetarian or anything like that but our, our society does need to slow down on that meat yeah, our, that, exactly. that's what I'm saying probably our, a good idea our society consumes and people will say this like oh we were hunter-gatherers but we consume our society consumes way more meat than humans were ever intended to yes. and like uh, every day was not the deal yeah okay. and it's and it we're an interest but we're at this interesting point in human history I like for a variety I, of reasons. For a variety of reasons. But like for the first time ever in the last however many years, more people die from overeating than from starving. Right? That's like, crazy. It, like if you just if you think about that in perspective, that's never happened in human history. Like people are dying from overeating and not from starving. And there is still issues with, yeah, with starvation. Food, yes, yeah. food scarcity in places in the world. But like that's what that's what's happening. More people kill themselves every year than die in wars or get killed in violent acts. Like we're at this weird point and nobody mm. likes to bring this stuff up like in the news or anything like that because it's all sensation. Oh, this happened or this happened and this is terrible. This stuff that's happening in Syria. Well, and then also the advertiser bottom line, how many media outlets are getting funded by whoever's selling meat or yeah. or, or animal products or yeah. soda, fast yeah, People food. do not like the conversation about how bad meat is yeah. and, and about how the reason the places that do have food scarcity issues are caused by meat for the most part because of 
and, cattle raising and things of that nature. And environmental issues and all this different sorts of thing. But this, I don't want this to be a thing on vegetarianism because I don't want, like, I don't want... To blend your issues? Yeah, no, it's not that. It's just that, like, that's a very sensitive issue for a lot of people. And, like, you know, I... Who, just, let me ask you this: Who in the WWE locker room, uh, from my when when I'm at WWE, I don't notice a lot of conversation about politics of things and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And I've certainly kept my conversations to a somewhat minimal degree there. Um, who? Let me say this: Who is in the locker room that you do have a lot of conversations about your way of life and sort of belief system and things like that? So I so I. I I also have to clarify this. I I am not necessarily a political person. Okay. I, I am somebody who, uh, like, I have ideas about okay, what's going on in the world, and uh, it is neither Democrat nor Republican. It's this. It's You're this an blend. Yeah. It's just it's this blend of what. Okay, this is what I see happening. This is what I see. I don't know what to do about some of these issues. We've got nearly eight billion people on this planet, I, and that is not sustainable. If we want, okay, if we want everybody to have like this this nice way of life, right? I want everybody to be able to wake up in the morning and get a Starbucks coffee. We don't Seattle. have we don't have the resources to have eight billion people wake up every morning with their own coffee machine and and to make to have a cup of coffee every morning. We don't have those kind of resources, right? So now we're getting into issues of overpopulation and environmental stuff. And that's what I'm mostly, that's like- That's your biggest passion That's my big passion is like, okay. I don't know if you saw it, but there was this thing National Geographic put out on their Instagram. They were following the starving polar bear. It was just I like- I saw pictures, I, I didn't see- I saw saddest, the story before, yeah. The saddest thing, like, and he ended up going to a trash can and, or a, tr- a big dump thing and he's eating like plastic or something like that. And it just like hurts your heart and that sort of thing. But the idea would be, and this is where I'm a hypocrite, is that what we really need to do is stop people from consuming so much stuff. But my whole job is to get people to consume stuff. Right, like I work for WWE. They want you to buy Daniel Bryan T-shirts and Daniel Bryan toys. You've sold quite a few WWE over the years. Video games and yes. all this kind of stuff. In my last run, before I stopped wearing my T-shirts to the ring because uh, I have become so. I'm sure they love that anti-consumerism, and not only that, like. Inorganic cotton is really bad for the environment. Here it's like one go. of the worst. Now, now, we're North, now we're in the Northwest. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, 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 no. We but are you, in Portland you, and Seattle. Yeah, you say that, and it's like, this is, like, yeah, of course, he's hippie granola. He's weird. He's this, he's that. No, I'm but with you. you. But when you're talking about the real issues of our time, the very real issues of our time, that's it. It's real. It's very real. And, like, when we're talking about all these natural disasters that have happened in the la- just in the last year, right? We're talking about a mass extinction that's going on as we speak that's being written about. But uh, we don't want to talk about it because it's kind of depressing and, like, all this kind of stuff. Like, it, there's all these things going on, yet, okay, we're, we're trying to push people to consume still and all this different kind of stuff. I mean, there's a very – this is a very – when I'm talking about this stuff, when you're asking me, who do I talk to yeah, in the is there any, room? Of, is there anyone you can have this conversation with? Yes. I mean, so for example, John Cena, although you don't, you wouldn't think that, I love talking about this kind of stuff with John because he is... Well, A, so, he's forced to hear it, let's be honest, because he, you guys are family now. He's not forced. John is very good at like, if he... If he's not interested, he'll let you know. Yeah. He will literally just do do this. Yeah, people can't see this, or maybe they can. I don't know. Yeah, if this they can the, on YouTube. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, okay, you're talking to me about something. Okay. He <laughs> and he's, he's done that before. He's he's very good at that sort of thing. But he, uh, but he's very into these same kind of topics. But he believes technology will save the day. He's a tech guy. Got uh, it. Yeah, and I'm not even sure if now he's even the point where where he thinks technology will save the day. He has had that. He, he's had that discussion with me. He's very good at like, I love talking to John because he will really make you question your assumptions about stuff. Like, won't this happen or won't that? And, you know, um, and he, so, John is a very smart dude. He, huh? Yeah. If you, his brain works so fast. If there, when you talk about people whose brain testing would be better than mine, John's would be. G- his he work his brain works. Fast. I asked you about when you did my my podcast at Grantland a mm-hmm. couple of years ago, Chief Pete. Um, I asked you at the time. I, I guess you and Bree were maybe newly married or whatever. Um, this is cer- certainly well pre Birdie even being an idea a long mm-hmm. time ago. 
I asked about your relationship with John and you, you weren't lukewarm about it, but you were like, yeah, you know, um, you know, we talk, but I, I, I couldn't gauge the level of closeness that you guys had as near family members at the time. How would you, how close are you guys now? I still, I, we're still not that close, but I love talking to John. How, so how often do you talk? I'm, as a nerd, I'm curious about this. Uh, I don't know. I mean, the last time I, I spoke, spoke with him was over Thanksgiving-ish, but like, I texted him because he has these awesome like recovery pants. Like I'm really a nerd about uh, about like physical health and recovery and that sort of thing. So I travel with a foam roller, right? Yeah. And I'm doing my foam roller. How do you travel night. with the foam? You put it in a duffel bag? Uh, no, I put it in my in my um, suitcase. It folds. In my carry on. No, no, no. It's only this. Big. Oh, it's a mini foam roller. And it's it's hollow inside, so I can stuff my stretching bands and all this other oh, weird so you put stuff. Other that, yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. And so uh, so anyways, they've got these inflatable pants that you can wear on the plane. John was going to Australia to promote Ferdinand or whatever it is. And he's got these inflatable pants that have like a little engine with it. And it's like the foam roll, it inflates and the, like it's almost it foam like- foam rolls your legs? It's almost like it's foam rolling your legs as you're there. They're recovery pants that they're like- I've seen these. That's so, crazy. Yeah, and so it's like, it's getting to this point where, because the issue with weightlifting, playing sports, all that kind of stuff, it isn't an issue, uh, it's an issue of recovery. You know, and especially as you get older, especially when you've put a lot of miles on your body like John has, like, hey, sitting on a 18-hour flight to Australia, like, okay, I need to get up and do media and feel good and all this kind of stuff. So, like, so he was talking, so I texted him the other day, like, hey, what was the brand of those things? You know, here's again another issue where I'm a hypocrite because I would love to get these recovery pants, but it's like, oh, no, like, that's more plastic. It's more like this. It's more that. I live... It's I, tough. It's tough. It's tough. I know. Listen, <laughs> I, I, listen. I live in a world where I've thought I think that vegetarianism is the right thing, and I have not been a vegetarian for most of my. I had like a nine month period of being a vegetarian, yeah. even though I think it's the right thing. It's, it's the difficult. first time I went vegetarian in two thousand seven. I just got fat. That's the hard part because <laughs> you just, weren't a point in your life when you could when you knew how to cook and do all the I, things, right? I, well, and I just didn't know. I you ended just up, ate pasta and uh, yeah, bread instead. I, yeah, I, I ended up eating a lot of bagels. <laughs> like I got this bagels yeah. and cream cheese. Yeah. This is great. So um, do, now, do you and John ever like if you guys are stuck at like, if you have a, not stuck but you have a family weekend together? You guys mm -hmm. share in laws. Mm -hmm. or do you like work out together and things like that? Or? Uh, no, he and I train very differently. So, um, but he has like when we've been in San Diego together, like we'll go to the gym at the, like he'll take me to the gym. Um, gosh, he had me in whatever car he was driving, like a Maserati and stuff. I felt so awkward traveling to the gym with him because like my gym, his gym clothes are pristine, right? Like he has his workout shoes, right? It like, looks like one of the uh, WWE tap out commercials. Yeah, like he's yeah, all dressed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, yeah. <laughs> and like my workout stuff is not pristine because it's like I also do stuff like, you know, I run and I go and do this. And sometimes, okay, I just so happen to have my gym shoes on and I'll go garden and then, and then, <laughs> then they're money. And so I'm getting into whatever car this is, a Maserati or something like that. And I'm like, oh, no, like <laughs> this is not good. And so it's like, uh, you know, but, uh, but yeah, so we would go to the we would go to the gym and um, but we his I don't know if it's his best friend, but one of his very good friends, he like is his kind of his trainer who develops uh, John's programs for him. He's very smart. Yeah, I've heard about this dude. Yeah, his name is Rob McIntyre, and he's developed this uh, this Moji app for uh, trainers and that sort of thing, working with clients. But he works with like Olympic athletes and that sort of thing. Anyway, so we have he has helped me a lot with uh, my programs over the years. So sometimes John and I will be doing similar stuff. It's just John will be doing five times the weight. And so yeah. like, he's a large man. <laughs> Do you think that um, I believe having, I have a friendly relationship with your wife and Nicole. Yeah. That they, I believe when people ask about them, because they've become very popular in the W, they're one of the real, really one of the few talents, both of them that have kind of extended beyond the WWE. So when people find out that I work with WWE and the only people that they want to ask about are them. I believe that they are more similar than they get credit for. Um, like the show kind of positions them, I think, as Brie and Nikki being like vastly different. And I think they're a little bit more similar than people would realize. But um, how would you describe the differences between Brie and Nikki? Uh, I don't know. It's, it's honestly, it's a difference in temperament and difference in... Um, uh, 
things that they value, kind of in some in some ways, and that's why it's so visual to the outside world. Is right. this idea that like Nicole really likes things like Louis Vuitton and you know drives a uh, a Range, some sort of Range Rover or something. The, I don't I don't know what it is. Some know? sort of big yeah, fancy car. Yeah. Whereas Brie. So we just recently, oh my gosh, this was a big topic of okay. conversation for Bree and I. Uh, mo- we recently got a hybrid SUV. Okay. We, yes! For years, Which one? Yes! No, it was like a Lexus something oh, Lexus. or another. They make a nice and one. so, yeah. And so, anyway, so we had gotten this. We got it used, uh, but. Was that your work? You wanted to make sure you at least yeah, got it used? Yeah, well, it, Bree too, you know, because she, she's very environmental. That's one of the things that brought us together is her environmental consciousness. But, um,. <laughs> uh, but one of the things it's uh, such an awesomely nerdy sentence well, yeah it is but like okay so here's my wife who is she at this point she is on a reality show she has been uh, she was WWE Divas Champion has been on TV for years and years and here are the two of us married or living together before this sharing a 2010 Honda Fit that does not have automatic locks <laughs> and she <laughs> She does not, it's not like she's like, oh, we need to get a new car. She doesn't even think twice about it. She doesn't care, right. Yeah, so that's like, that highlights the visual difference that is so good for things like Total Divas and Total Bellas. Yes. Is that here's Nicole who likes these things. Here's Brie who's completely okay with sharing one car with her hippie granola husband who has this Honda Fit that doesn't even have automatic locks, right? Though. When I needed to get neck surgery in 2010, how we knew that I needed to get neck surgery is I had lost the strength in my arm, but that's a hard thing to gauge. Like, you don't know how much strength you've lost. I couldn't unlock the car door with my right hand because I lost so much strength in my hand. But I didn't didn't have that loss of strength in my whole arm. It was just the hand. You noticed it. So I go to insert the key. Which which everyone has on their car these days. (laughs) I insert the key and I go to turn it and I couldn't unlock it. And so like, but anyways, all of that to say, that's the visual difference. By the way, also a visual difference, Ebro. How good is it? If you're WWE and you're, you get this show, Total Divas, right, and you have these sisters, blah, blah, how incredible is it that the positioning, I'm guessing, they had meetings about the show was, we have the stars of the show are Nikki and Brie. Nikki has, you know, her look, blah, blah, blah her style, the things that she's into. She ends up with John Cena, the, fl- the biggest, flashiest movie star of WWE, and Brie, her crunchy sister, Ends up falling in love with the most granola indie wrestler yeah. of the entire. Bro, he's like if Talib. I always say about him, it's like if Talib Kweli became the biggest rap star in the world. That's who Daniel Bryan is. It's just like it couldn't have been better for from a positioning sen- sentiment yeah. of the show. Yeah. So yeah. So and that's that's really interesting, and it worked really well for the first season of Total Bellas. Is like they had us go live with John and Nicole in their big mansion in Florida, and it's like. That it was. I'd also just been forced to retire, and it, you like, you had a and you had a bit of like a breakdown back oh, then, didn't you? Yeah, I did have a breakdown, and it was that was legit. That was that not one hundred percent legit. And actually, I'm very thankful to the uh, production people, and probably WWE had a big hand in this. Of they made me, they made it less than what it was. Right, like that. I was very thankful for that because there are some parts doing the. I am not. Somebody who would have you would have ever envisioned being on reality television because I'm a very private person like uh, and so but just because of my wife and what she does I Just been dragged into it, right? But like when they were doing that and I was going through that breakdown They did a very good job of protecting me on the show. Mm. And so I'm very thankful to uh, Russell who's one of the producers for that to WWE because like there, everybody has things in their lives that they don't want shown on TV, but they don't have cameras around them all the time. So my this this horrible time in my life was there were cameras around me nearly twenty four seven, and that enhances these feelings that you have of I, like as far as breakdowns go, right? Like yeah. you hear people say like I really broke down. Is there anything that you can share with us? Um, for you, what? What was a break? What yeah, was, like how did it manifest itself? It? How did it? Uh, so I, I like, did you not? You were locked away in your bedroom for three weeks and you never came out. Or? No, it's uh, it, 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 I mean, it might be a little deeper than that. It's more, it's more, it's deeper than I would 
feel comfortable going with okay. on the air. So, yeah. uh, so, and I'm, you know me, I'm a pretty open book with yeah, most no. things. Well, I remember at the time I had talked to Bree about you doing a podcast. I thought mm -hmm. that was a great time. So of course, since then, there are now another 88 different wrestling podcasts, which have yeah, blown yeah. up since then. But at the time, I didn't know you were going to be back on TV. Yeah. So I was like, I have the best idea for Daniel. He should do a wrestling podcast. And I just remember her being like, she loved the idea, but was sort of like, she didn't. She wouldn't tell me. She she kayfabe me. She was like, I I I need to talk to him about it. this. Isn't the best time for me to talk to him. Yeah. But when it gets to that time, yeah. I definitely will. And that's when I realized I was like, oh, he's definitely in a, a spot. That's so, not great. So and you know and so here's here's the thing. It was multiple issues at once. It was being forced to retire, right? With kind of a, against my will type thing. But then also you get forced into this. So it, ideally in that situation, you would be surrounded by people who who you love and who love you. And I do love Bree's family and they love me, right? But it's this is a different environment. So you're forced to relocate to this thing. And then there's cameras around you 24 seven. And then my wife was on the road full time. So she would leave on Fridays. She would leave on Fridays, be gone Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, come home Wednesday. Wednesday, Thursday would be days where we spent entirely filming. And then she'd leave again on Friday. By the way, she's leaving to go participate in the craft that you can no longer participate. Yeah, and that didn't bother me. No, not me. from a jealousy yeah, standpoint, but, but just like, I can't believe I'm home. But when you put it all on when the you, list. But when you, right. when, you, when you add it up, and like, so I love Bree's family, but I'm not like, I'm not the closest with them. Those are not the people who I would go to necessarily for comfort, right? Like, I, I, I want to be by my mom and my sister and my best friends and all that kind of stuff who would be like, okay, hey, I just need to go spend a week in Washington to just be like, to be around in this cocoon of people who like... Well, and by the way, you lost your father this time too. Yes. Uh, well, I lost my father after two, WrestleMania? two years before, after WrestleMania 30. So how long was it between your father passing away and your retirement? Uh, so... It was about a year between my father passing away and my last match. Okay. And then a year after my last match is essentially when I had to retire. Damn, um, and so it's still a lot. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it, a lot. It, it's it's a lot, and uh, and it's also like, I think I didn't. You know, it's weird. Everybody has stuff. Everybody has stuff. So my stuff is no. My stuff is actually a lot less stuff than most people have. Like but I have still a, stuff. Yeah, I have. I have a. I'm. I have a very blessed life. But right? Hold on. By the way, you know what you're doing? You're doing something my therapist talks to me about. What's that? Because your life is good, you feel the need to qualify that shit got real. But it's relative. Yeah, but it's man. it's real. We get it. Yeah, you're, yeah, yeah, we yeah. know you're well to do. You lived your dream. That doesn't make that you're allowed to say that shit was hard for a while. Right. It yes. was. And and so the one of the things that happened when my father passed away was that, and so my father passed away, and then a month later I had to have neck surgery, and uh, I didn't, I wasn't fully capable of dealing with it, and I used wrestling as an escape, mm -hmm. and then, because then I was trying to come back from my neck surgery, so instead of dealing with this issue of my father passing away, which is like, he passed away unexpectedly at 57, um, mm. and so, he passed away and then so like okay i'm gonna focus on coming back to wrestling and then i come back to wrestling in 2015 and everything's going good and then concussion and then now you're not able to wrestle okay that's fine i'm gonna focus on coming back to wrestling and then, and then like no you can't you can't wrestle and i get the get a call from uh vince mcmahon on the saturday i retired on a monday in seattle washington i got a call on a saturday from vince mcmahon and said hey i would like you to retire Monday in Seattle. I think it would just be the best for for you, you know, that sort of thing. That And at first I said, I, I don't want to do it. And then I talked to Bree, called him about it. I'm like, hey, if I'm going to have to retire, uh, my mom can be there. My friends can be there. There can be like this support system around me to be. So then I do it. Okay. Well, now, a, a really amazing moment, too. I mean, it was a tear-jerking, amazing moment. Yeah, it was. I don't even think of it as that. I like. I was very thankful that the WWE gave me such a platform to retire on, but I. it was a hard For you, it was just brutal. Day, yeah. yes. And so, um, so anyways, uh, but then after that, I had just accepted that I was going to be retired, right? I didn't even start on this quest to coming back to rest. Bree likes to say, Bree, <laughs> Bree sometimes says things like this. The moment he was told he had to retire, he started coming, he started thinking about how he would come back to wrestling. I've heard her say that in like interviews and stuff like that. That wasn't the case. When I retired, I was like, okay, I guess 
I guess this is it. Um, I did have a great career, but now I need to transition into moving to something else. But then, so all of that happened. But then right after that, it's like, we, we have to move to Tampa and be around these cameras and all this kind of stuff. And I never got that week, two weeks, month to just like be around like my friends and family and to where I could just feel like, okay, help me through this. Right. And then come out better on the other side. Now I ended up getting that because I left John's house while they were filming. I literally like, listen, I'm, I'm close to the edge. And so I'm, I'm out of here. And, uh, and you went back, you went to Seattle? No, I went to Phoenix first. And then, um, uh, I went to Phoenix with our dog, I think. And then, um, and then went to Washington, uh, for a month without, without Brie, right. Before Brie met me up there because she had things that she had to do, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, that was her, so that was 2016. That was her last. That was her last match. So, for example, you have to know it was bad enough that I did not go to the WrestleMania that was Bree's last match, right? And that is like a bad husband move, right? But like, you were in bad shape. It was because you just couldn't be near it. Yeah. And so, anyways, but then I got that time in Washington, and I got time to be around my friends and be around my family and that sort of thing, and then came out the other side, and I was. Uh, I was okay. And then they asked me to do commentary for a thing that they did called the Cruiserweight Classic, which was on the WWE Network. And they asked me to do that. And I said, yeah, I'd love to. That sounds great. It's only 10 episodes. I only have to go do it a couple times. I get to help this young independent talent because they were all unsigned talent at the Mm -hmm. time. And uh, I thought it was great. But then they told me, you're coming back as the general manager. That's not a question. That's not an ask. And I was like, "Uh, I don't know if I want to do this. And then when I came back and I was general manager and you know, there are a lot of things I love about what I do right now. But then I think one of the things that it's done is it's made me more like bringing me this close to it has made me want to do rest, made me want to wrestle more as opposed to, but do you still get off on the, on the intro on the entrance? No, you don't. Uh, sometimes like sometimes I do, but so I guess I, the entrance of it, but the part about wrestling that I like the least, and I'm one of the very few people who, as a wrestling fan, I didn't like The Rock, right? Like The Rock was a lot of people's favorites and like Steve Austin and that sort of thing because they would go out and cut these awesome entertaining promos. And I, I can appreciate how good they were at it. That wasn't my deal. Like, I don't know, you're not a wrestling fan, but you right. know who The Rock is. I love The Rock. You're not a wrestling fan, you don't know who Dean Malenko is. No. Dean Malenko was my favorite. And he See. was not like a, he was not a go out and cut this scathing interview guy. No. He was a go, go out there and does. Looks wow. like he's really beating, it looks like he's really beating someone up guy. Yeah. And not only that, like he was very, very technical in some ways, you know, like some people, even if they, they're not necessarily super into the interview part of it, they like the fight aspect of it where it's like a big brawl or yeah, it's, like it's, it's, like it's, it. it's, it's whatever that is. Dean Malenko was also not that guy. He was the guy who would do like, wow, that was a sweet drop toe hold. And it's like that, that was my kind of thing. I was like, wow, look at how many variations of drop toe holds he has. And like <laughs> right, to your right. casual person, that's yeah, not yeah, like yeah. a, that's not a, a thing, you know? And so, um, so, so, so you can't get the same satisfaction off an entrance because that was never what you. And then the shenanigans of like being the general manager who every now and then gets into a little scrap up deal is like that's like, not enough. Eh. Well, so, well, and I don't get to do any of this. Scrap well, you got to push stuff. this weekend. That was the fir- that was the first physicality that they have allowed with. Well, me. I thought that was a big thing actually that you did anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, so, let's um, crack somebody with a chair. Let's get this crack yeah. out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, and so, it. so. I, one of the things that I always appreciated about the my entrance was, and especially the last couple of years, but uh, even with like Ring of Honor and stuff, was like when my music would hit, you get that excitement and you hear the crowd like come up and then you come out and then you know you're going to go out there and wrestle and what you're going to do wrestling wise is going to get them even mm-hmm. more excited. So one of the hard things about what I do now is that the entrance is the best part. The entrance is the Only best part. part. And then it's the I, crescendo, yeah. and then I go out there and then I give me that microphone. And then I talk and like, I've gotten better at this whole thing. 
at the, you know, like you become a really good talker. I used to be somebody who was very bad on the microphone, but now I've, you know, I've developed into, into being more comfortable with it, finding myself with it and that sort of thing. But it's still not like, that's not my passion. I've learned how to learn how to do it because that's what my job required. Right. I'm sure when you got into radio, you didn't do it. You didn't do it thinking like, man, I can't wait to get great at transitioning into ad breaks. He still sucks. And so like radio people, I'm sure don't get into radio to be like, man, I'm going to be the best transition into ad break guy that there ever was. Yeah, you won't see anyone get to a commercial like this, right? Yeah, and so like, but it's part of the job and you have to get good at it to like to really excel. Well, and you also Even though, to your point about technicality and being technical, when you are in this and you hear somebody who can segue incredibly, you're like, yo, that's pretty nice. Segways. Well, and I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. And that's, that's the like same, the that's, for you. That's the same thing. Yeah. That's the same thing with me because like I watch. So as a fan, I would watch the interview stuff and I would just be completely disinterested. Now, sometimes I'll watch somebody like John, who's just amazing, or or Vince McMahon, who's so good at emoting with his face and all oh, that yeah. kind of stuff. When you watch the truly elite talkers, and I've watched John Cena, who goes out and sometimes because he's been on top for so long, he'll come out to just a massive chorus of booze, a whole arena who doesn't, who, who doesn't like this guy. And within 10 minutes has completely flipped the crowd just by what he says because he's so good at it. And like, because if he, and you would think like, it's just okay, like, hey, uh, hey, Newark, right? <laughs> I love Newark. Yay. If John, if Which, John by the Cena, way, doesn't work in Newark. Yeah, no. If John Cena were to go out to a chorus of booze in Newark and he goes, hey, guys, don't boo me. I love Newark. Boo. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't work. We love the, I love the New Jersey Devils. Boo. <laughs> they, you know, like that, it's not that easy. There's and he a real still flips art, it. There's a real art form to it. And he's the master of it. It, right and like you watch Vince McMahon I did this promo class with Vince McMahon it was really enlightening because he uh, he actually had me teach the class it was this really weird thing but it, it, it was very interesting to spend that time with Vince McMahon it was a classroom full of people and but you're learning interviews from Vince McMahon and watching him, the way he thinks about it and the way he talks about it is like whoa this guy is at a different level and you can see that in his performance the way he talks the way he emotes through his face the way he uses silence right it's just it's a master class in that sort of thing so I've come to appreciate it but I still but don't. it's still not your number it's one still not thing. my thing yeah um, alright well I, I appreciate you making time to talk to us this has been eye opening hanging up the cleats is tough man interesting hanging the cleats the aren't cle hung up yet he, he's wrestling no matter what so yeah. you, you, at some point you're wrestling okay I would say that the, so if I get a bad test somewhere along the line I, I won't wrestle but I also will probably when my contract is up I'd probably if I'm still general manager at that point I would probably step away from that part of it because just being around it I, you know, I, I, I love it a little too much and I need to transition. I need to get this focused because I have like I I'm very I'm very focused on I'm very good at focusing on one thing. Right. But then I need to switch that laser focus to something else like saving these starving polar bears or something, you know. And so like uh, so, yeah, so so. But assuming you get good tests, though, assuming you every, will... every, assuming everything continues as has been as it has been going, uh, when my contract is up, I would wrestle elsewhere. WWE will not clear me. So, there you go. Cleats are not hung up. Not yet. They're hanging. They're or sitting there. They're there. Briefs or the, the trunks. Trunks. We would call trunks. Trun trunks. the boots and trunks. My, boots and trunks. My, are not hung up. my spandex battle jammies. That's what I like that. to call them. My spandex <laughs> battle jammies. Uh, first of all, you can catch Daniel Bryan tonight at the Prudential Center, uh, and also WWE is back on December 26th at the Garden and the 27th at Nassau Coliseum for the holidays. Thank you so much, man, for coming by. Yep, thank Daniel you. Daniel Bryan. Yes! 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 Yes!